It's going pretty good. It's going pretty good. I was just on Clubhouse and I was looking at a lot of different, uh, you know, like chats and, you uh-huh. know, just hopping from room to room. So it was pretty fun. It was mm-hmm. a good morning. Um, I really like their morning uh, breakfast rooms. Like, I do too. Pretty I, interesting. Yeah, I feel like um, morning Clubhouse um, chat rooms, it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Um, and what I also like about Clubhouse too is like you're in full control um, over what you want to hear, right? So if you feel like that conversation is meaningful for you, then you can, you know, like hop in, hop out. If you find that it's not really um, up your alley, you can always disengage. So that's the beauty of Clubhouse. It's based conference. They found a niche that we need, that we all need during this pandemic. And I think it's just overall like a great initiative, a great app. And I- I've uh, established some meaningful connections with people as well, like yourself. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, I literally, right before I talked to you, mm-hmm. I was in a gr- clubhouse, clubhouse chat with the content creators. Mm-hmm. And this one lady, I was telling her, like, how can I promote my wellness and fitness podcast like this one? And and she said, like, just keep pushing stuff out. And there's going to be followers that you have and followers you don't have. But eventually, the people who really need this content will come to you because there's people suffering from wellness, mm-hmm. mental health, all that stuff. And you know, for you and me, it may it may be a little bit simpler, right? Because right. we're aware of that. Right. But some people aren't even aware of the fact that they have it. So I thought it was like a nice two cents I took this morning and I kind of set mm-hmm. the tone for my day. Right. So it, it, it was a it was an interesting, um, you know, just chat to be in. I was just glad because, you know, some of these content creators are like way up. So, you know, it was it was cool. But um, let's get back to you. I mean, introduce yourself. Welcome on the cast, you know. I'm here. <laughs> Welcome. Yep. Nice to have you. Okay. Sure. So I'll start with myself. So my name is Minoja. Um, in Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. Um, I did my undergrad. Actually, I did. I, I'm a nerd. So I did a double major in neuroscience and human biology <laughs> and a minor in classical studies. So I guess not a lot of people know about that. And um, I currently work in finance. So I know it's like a huge career shift in terms of what I studied versus what I'm doing. But what I like is I kind of have the best of both worlds. So even though I'm no longer actively working in the neuroscience field, I still try to keep myself up to date and informed with what's happening. And again, like reverting back to Clubhouse, I think the beauty of that is um, last week, I think I was able to sit in on uh, a chat room where it was a couple of experts in the neuroscience field, so professors, um, people doing amazing research, and kind of just listen, listening to their viewpoint. What are your, I guess, like your interests uh, when it comes to yourself, and like, why do you, what kind of passions you have currently? You can talk about that too. Sure. Kind of okay. Sure. So, um, in terms of my interests, actually, so recently based on like what I went through last year, I've kind of started to teach myself more about motivation and a positive mindset. And what I like about social media is there's like a vast number of resources that can help me uh, learn more and become more of an expert on this topic matter. And um, what I also like in addition to that is that I can actually tie it to what I studied in undergrad. So there's a lot of psychology and neuroscience behind motivation and uh, garnering a new habit and breaking a new like breaking an old habit 
and establishing a more positive relationship with your mind, which in turn um, fabricates the reality around you. And a topic I actually wanted to talk about, and I think I kind of briefly mentioned this in one of the clubhouse chat rooms yesterday, right. was RAS. And uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this podcast called The, Posit uh, the Mindset Mentor. It's amazing. Hosted okay. by Rob Dial, recently started tuning into it have been obsessed and I've tried to make it a habit where I listen to it every morning when I'm eating breakfast. Cause like you mentioned, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. Right. And um, I think it's just good to start your day with a good foot, you know what I mean? And to start positive, not negative. So uh, it's up to you. Like if you want, I can kind of delve more into no, what RAS is. And I just want to, I just want to like uh, touch base on that. Cause mm -hmm. for a lot of people, um, it may not just be meditation that helps because mindfulness exactly. is also a form of meditation, right? Exactly. But also meditation can also be like what you're doing is mm -hmm. setting the tone for your day through these like podcasts and these mm -hmm. mindful practices. And, you know, sometimes sitting in a room and just being in silent form is not for everyone. So yeah. um, I think you doing that on your daily practice, I think it's so beautiful and so cool because um, I think in a way it's like garnering <clears throat> you to like, absorb knowledge in a way where you're not stressed out or and 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 i think it's uh you know um i think it's like a very uh unique way you're doing it and i think mm -hmm. it's cool because with podcasts i usually try to find learning and, I, and from, like, right. from your experience you're trying to find mindfulness so i think exactly i've never seen that before so i think it's so cool that you're doing that so yeah and i just feel like too um mindfulness meditation motivation like it's something that comes from it within, right? Like you can seek external stimuli to help assist you with motivation. But at the end of the day, it's something that it's like something that radiate, like, sorry, something that forms inwards and then radiate out, radiates outwards. It's never the other way. It's never the opposite where, where it's like something from the outside and then you bring it inwards, like motivation, mindset, positivity, it all starts with you. And then once you've accomplished that, it sort of radiates outwards. And I kind of wanted to touch on um, uh, like a, a physiological response in the brain called RAS or reticular activating system. And basically what this is, like if you want the, let's get technical for a second. So an RAS or reticular yeah. activating system, it's basically a bundle of nerves um, at the bottom of your brainstem that filters out unnecessary information so that the important stuff gets through. So for example, if you're in a crowded room, there's a bunch of external stimuli around you. There's a lot of people, you can hear the air, you can feel the air, you can be breathing it, you hear all these noises. The RAS is basically what helps you filter out like if you were in a crowded noisy room picture that you're at a convention center bunch of people around you and then someone calls out your name they say umang immediately your brain snaps to attention and you just focus in on that that is your ras working to filter through all this external noise uh, to focus on what it is that you've decided to kind of put your mind to think of it almost like if you're going shopping on amazon um, I don't know, you're looking for like, okay, five pound dumbbells, but you kind of want to filter it to the best price possible and the fastest shipping possible. You're going to use that filter feature to set your parameters. And that's exactly what an RAS does. It basically sets the parameters or the filters of the external stimuli that your brain is absorbing to focus on or hone in on what you want to concentrate on. And I think a lot of people don't understand, but you can actually train your RAS um, 
to accomplish your goals. And this is called setting your intent. So basically you're training your RAS by taking your subconscious thoughts and marrying them to your conscious thoughts. And maybe that might be too technical. So to kind of put it in layman's terms Mm -hmm. is basically, yeah, it basically means that if you focus hard on your goals, your RAS and the universe will reveal the people, the information and the opportunities available for you to achieve that. So the universe literally conspires to uh, put things into place to make them fall into place so you can uh, achieve the goal that you intended to achieve and i think it's like it's literally almost just a technical term for the law of attraction so if you focus on good things then good things come to you if you focus on negative things then negative things come to you yeah no and i definitely think like uh, they say like the the best moments happen when you're not implying to have them like for example like a relationship Mm -hmm. or like right um like you know maybe something you want to improve in your career path like the Mm -hmm. way i got a job at the federal reserve was because i tried i tried learning from the universe i tried learning new things about tech stuff i started right and it wasn't anything to do with college it was all to do with me and i had to fix my skills and what i learned um, and then eventually I just got this opportunity on its own. And even now I remember I was telling like my parents and a couple of my friends, I was like, I don't even know how I right. got this job. So like you said, was like, it something that you kind of, um, wanted to achieve? No, <laughs> it, it was, just kind of transpired. No, so like it's just something that happened. Yeah. So basically I got unemployed for three months uh, right. out of college and it was completely different position. And I was like, okay, look, I, let me just take three months off and focus mm-hmm. on this technology, this technology. I right. focused on it for three months. And then I got a call from the fed. It was from like a very higher up. And he was just like, we really like your work. He quizzed me on a couple of things. Fortunately, I took the one course they quizzed me on mm-hmm. and I got this job and I've been happy here since. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's just been like great, but like my, the whole point of the story is like, when you don't look for something, you just let the, you just let, like, I started seeing this new thing I learned on Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to stop trying to change the situation. You got to let just things be. And when I can't, I guess, like, like have the best story or I probably don't have the most positive experience out of a lot of things in life. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I just let, I just try to embrace whatever I'm feeling and I try mm-hmm. to embrace what other people are trying to say instead of comparing right. myself to them. Right. And uh, I think that roots from like me overcoming my anxiety and a lot of uh, things that happened to me during the pandemic and even before that. Right. But, um, this Clubhouse app has really opened a new venue for me of mm-hmm. where I can connect with people. I know you and me connected on that too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, on the chat. And I just felt like, you know, you had a very similar viewpoint on certain aspects of how I feel. So just going more into that, like, um, mm-hmm. do you do you feel like Clubhouse is really helping your mental stigma and like um you, do you think like you're learning a lot more than uh you you would have th- you you would have learned in the outside world maybe like if you went to work or anything 100 percent because i think the connections that i created on clubhouse are a lot different than what's created in like for example a corporate environment so um and the beauty of clubhouse is also you get to connect with people not just in your community but outside of your community outside of your country even outside of your skill set like i've met some great people um who provided valuable insight 
on like stock market investment. I I've come across people who've provided great insight on like tech startup and leverage and motivation. And I think these conversations, I'm not quite sure if I could have had them at work, for example. Um, probably I could have during my lunch break with people who are like-minded, but again, like the likelihood of coming across that would be a little bit difficult. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I would say it's a bit difficult. Um, so yeah, I totally think like Clubhouse is an amazing app. I know when I first joined it, I actually got invited um, to one of my friends, uh, like um, like a networking event. And I didn't quite understand how it worked, but I was able to gauge that, okay, Clubhouse in a nutshell, it's basically like an audio conference almost like a podcast where you can actually interact with the people speaking. Whereas, you know, in a podcast, you just listen to two people talk, but if you have any questions, you'd have to either reach out to the creators separately, or if this was on YouTube, you'd have to leave a comment. Time when we're trying to like mold ourselves into something that we're not, your mental health takes a hit. And I just think that movie did a really good job of representing that, you know, if you're not considered normal in society, society treats you a different way and I think for a lot of us too like we assume that we have our stuff together um, our mental health is fine when in reality our mental health can always um, have room for improvement and I find like I didn't know what depression was until I went through it and once I was kind of able to get past the tunnel and come out on the other side I realized there's a lot of things I could have done in hindsight to have um, mitigated the severity of my depression. I could have asked for help earlier. I could have gone to seeing a therapist earlier. I could have shifted my mindset earlier. Like, of course, like depression will always take its course. Um, but I think there are resources along the way that you can tap into to kind of help you to, or more so to assist you along the way um, to help buffer the effect of the severity. I think for me anyways, um, it was an eye opener, but it also made me realize like I need to place much more importance on my mental health and it's okay to not be okay. You know what I mean? Right. And you also said having like toxic relationships as well mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. put a more of a burden on it because now you have work now right. that you have like all these like weird intrusive <clears throat> saddening thoughts. Then you mm -hmm. also have imposter <clears throat> syndrome. Where you think you're not good enough, but other people are constantly yeah. telling you you are. Like imposter syndrome is basically where, in a nutshell, you're like in denial of your capabilities. You think you're not competent enough, even though everyone around you is like, no, you're perfectly fine. You're perfectly fine. Like you almost refuse to believe that, you know, you're worthy. And I think intrusive thoughts, negative thoughts, limited beliefs, they're all kind of like part of the symptoms of depression. Um, but they don't necessarily entail that if you have that, you're depressed. But these are things where like, in order to kind of shift um, your mindset, you need to start realizing that the thoughts that you have fabricate the reality around you. That is the truth. Like that is the, what they call the secret or the universal law of attraction. And I think like, it is true. Like I, when I was talking about the RAS, when you think good thoughts, you start manifesting them. Things just start to work out. And it's funny because when you watch a lot of documentaries by celebrities or rappers or any influential people, they, they're all basically describing the secret to you in just varying terms. But essentially, the takeaway message is still the same. 
think positive, do positive, get positive. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no. And seriously, because like I've, I've, I tell myself like, okay, I'm not going to deal with imposter syndrome, but then I'm in a meeting with a couple of my managers and mm-hmm. they're saying all the stuff that I have no idea about. And I'm like, damn, I'm nothing compared to them. Mm-hmm. Or like even last night when people are storytelling, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm not the best storyteller. I'm okay. And I'm average. Right. But I would say like, there's people out there that are extremely well spoken, mm-hmm. they're extremely well written even, and right. they can, they can convey their thoughts in a very articulate way. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's not like I'm comparing, like I'm jealous of them, but I'm right. also com- psycho comparing myself and my subconsciously i'm like damn like uh where's where's my thought process where's my niche right. of you know experiences i feel like sometimes i've missed out like i, I know yesterday but people were on clubhouse and a lot of my friends were like yo i had fomo because i felt like i wasn't on here right and i was like yo me too I right FOMO yeah too. and i i think like that's the thing i didn't think i'd be that addicted to clubhouse and let's be real we all have fomo we all have fear of missing out on an amazing conversation And one thing I kind of told myself is to reel back, like if I find like, you know, the conversation is going off topic, or um, they're going like on a different tangent, that's not related to the topic of the chat house, I kind of disengage because you know what, like, I'm here to like, pick people's brain, I want to know what their insight is on this topic, like, it's okay to stray away here and there. But if it's a completely like irrelevant topic matter, the beauty of club apps is it's all in your control. You have the right to disengage or hop into a different um, room. So I, I think I, I agree. Fear of missing out is such a real thing with clubhouse, but I also feel like um, if you feel like, you know, yeah, and I, I want to agree with you as well. Like I have heard some people who have the gift of gab. They're amazing public speakers. They're amazing at articulating their thoughts and insight. I try to spin it in a positive light. Like, how can I be like that person? How can I do better? What can I do uh, to improve my public speaking? And I think Clubhouse is such an amazing platform to give people the ability to practice their speaking skills and their verbiage. Like, I think it's amazing. I completely understand. I completely understand and agree with that. And uh, I definitely think like Clubhouse has given me more connections Mm -hmm. than I've had in the whole year and there's people feeling the same way because it's such a beta state application right now exactly yeah people are finding their niche they're finding their influencers they're finding their I guess their weaknesses in clubhouse and and other people but I also feel like just to like get step off the just the positive chain for a second yeah also be real is there's also on clubhouse there's a lot of people who also pretend to be great at what they do as well because i've yes. noticed there's some people who bs versus mm-hmm. get real content and i know that can be subjective and interpreted in anyone's way because someone can think like oh this guy has the right thing to say and this guy's the right thing to say right but then there's also people like i go on their bio and they don't have the backing to step up what they say so then i'm like okay so who do i believe so there's that also that thing but i think once clubhouse is more established and you know being a moderator and they they monetize all that stuff i think it's gonna it's gonna like weed off the the people who are like faking it Mm because you know so wait when you mean faking it are you indicating like people who portray something that they're not on clubhouse um i wouldn't say okay portray something like okay anxiety depression i completely agree with that right let's say they're giving advice on like stocks right okay and they're giving advice on something 
like like Bitcoin or Litecoin or even some stocks, and maybe they're saying, "Oh, buy it at this time." Right. And what they said is untrue tomorrow because the stock goes down. Right. Then they lose credibility, right? And and like if they're saying, "Oh, like I know my stuff," well, if you do know your stuff, then where's the your I guess your consistency, like you know, mm-hmm. and um, like they're like they they say they are real estate investors, and I looked at if they invested in anything, they haven't. They just write down their bio, but like mm-hmm. technically, you should be like saying aspiring real estate investor because you're not an expert in that field compared to a real right actual investor or real actual guy who owns like ten properties. Like that's the legit deal, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think in a way it's like you're like, cause let's say if you're a beginner and you're going to look up to somebody who doesn't really even have a property, mm-hmm. isn't that kind of like you're wasting your time? Well, almost? I, I just kind of want to play the devil's advocate and say that sure. the onus is also on the individual who's um, taking advice from this quote unquote aspiring or real time uh, investor. Because one thing you have to understand is the stock market is so what somebody promises that, yes, this is a, an amazing stock to um, invest in, that can change in a matter of minutes, right? So I feel like there has to be that onus or responsibility on the person who's um, taking that advice as well to do their due diligence and educate themselves. And I think in terms of like bio as well, it kind of highlights the importance of using the correct terminology or the right words um, to kind of sell yourself and explain yourself too right so like i think as you were mentioning uh to rather put aspiring rather than like real expert like i think those are great um uh topics to bring up um but i I guess like that has to be mentioned to the individual who's um providing the advice but i guess it's like it's it's very perpetual right so it's like it's 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 our opinion but how how willing is that other person uh, to change their bio to accommodate that, you know, exactly. And it's uh, right. Like, like I said before, it's all subjective, right? Because you can exactly someone can have hundred followers, and you can still love the guy because he's hilarious, he's funny, mm-hmm. he has cool ideology, and you just want to believe him. Or right. God knows what you can think he if he thinks the world is flat, you can go ahead and follow him. You know, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like people who who are going through something like depression anxiety they really need an outlet and they really really need the help because that of course and i think with uh, yeah battle right exactly and i think when it comes to depression and anxiety if you are seeking professional help 100 percent, you want to get that from a professional like people can give you advice but because um depression and anxiety when left unnoticed can turn into a more serious thing you definitely want to invoke the help of a trained professional, somebody who has the degrees or the knowledge um, as as backing um, to, you know, like back up their actions, their advices. So I think in situations like that, it's very important that that information, the help comes from a professional, not somebody pretending to be a professional. And again, like also with Clubhouse, if anyone does offer advice on that, um, if they are not a professional, I think in all fairness, they should disclose that and they should disclose that at the beginning um, to just let them like let everyone know like, hey, look, I'm not a trained professional. 
but here's my two cents take it with a grain of salt because you never know like I understand like some people there's a stigma um, around reaching out for help or going to a psychologist psychiatrist or a therapist and I guess that stigma is highlighted more in certain communities especially in ethnic communities so people may not be readily um, receptive to reach out for help but again like if you're going to take advice from someone you just want to make sure you're taking advice from the right person and my advice is obviously to get that from a trained professional right so you don't like manoja like so you don't take Mm -hmm. part in those like smaller chats that are like just few people that are just kind of talking because like I, I do that, but it's not like... I do, yeah. Like, I, it's I great to bounce ideas off of it and, and yeah. get people's insight. But if it's something that's, like, changing, like, an intrusive thought, like, for example, okay. if I was having, like, suicidal thoughts and then somebody's like, be happy, that's not really going to do much for me. I'd rather speak <laughs> to a trained professional yeah. who can help me understand behavior modification right and positive and negative reinforcement and what it can and what mental exercises can be done to prevent you know the onset of these intrusive thoughts so again like it's it 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 is subjective at the end of the day and i think it comes down to taking it with a grain of salt if you're interacting with people who are not trained professionals like of course there are those like smaller chat rooms where you can bounce ideas off of people, get their insight. But I think at the end of the day, like you need to be able to like, um, uh, what what's the word? Like be able to separate like what's going to work for you and what isn't and what's just like that person's opinion. So you're saying basically separate the black and white and like try to jump in the gray and then kind of see what works for you right and yeah like like separate the black and white and then you know gray zone would be like the ambiguity so kind of see what works for you because some people may give you advice again that worked for them but may not necessarily work for you right so yeah i think there's like okay so there's two sides of a coin right so the Mm -hmm. one side is the medicated side right because i've seen like so many and i've heard stories where people take all kinds of medication for anxiety like they take right like they lorazepam sedatives but then that triggers another response which is like mm-hmm. they can't sleep at night so then they start taking sleeping medication and etc mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. it's like a almost like a hyper loop of six, six seven new drugs to just deal with their anxiety and I, I know like like you said it's easier to say than do but some people have a higher level of anxiety like you of know, course it's like a <laughs> spectrum yeah and it's just it's not um i don't think it's really it's it's so tough to diagnose too because some people can have the misdiagnosis of bipolar disorder mm-hmm. some people can have imposter syndrome and it's mistaken for just anxiety some people can have both so i think um really understanding what you're feeling and how you're feeling it but sometimes it's important to even get a therapist i mean i know i had one and exactly and and this is where i wanted to stress to the importance of of seeking help from a trained professional because like you said like there's so many misdiagnoses right so if you were to just go on clubhouse and ask somebody like hey like these are the symptoms i'm experiencing what do you think i have they can just throw out all these terms at you that might actually stick like you might be you know, in a state of disillusion and think, oh, crap, like, I have an anxiety syndrome, or I'm experiencing like panic attacks when really, it's a whole other host of problems. So I think this merits that discussion with a trained professional and like realizing the importance that these are people who are experts in their field. And they're like, they're probably the correct and best people to speak to, 
in regards to, you know, what it is you're going through and what steps you can take to help alleviate or fix the symptoms or at least have them under control. I also think like it's more of a courage thing too, because, because like for you to admit that you have that degree of anxiety, Mm -hmm. degree of depression, I mean, you know, it was a lot for me when I first had it because I thought I could deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then I just kept getting all these like weird, like, eye and nose and ear like, like more physiological responses right yeah and okay. I was like, that, that, like maybe i have like something like internal like my heart's not beating fast enough or like right. I, I had some issue with me and then i went to the doctor and i was like completely fine they did they did my blood work they're like umang like you, you know you you're perfectly fine you you and you know i had anxiety with driving and right things i that were out of my control and then I, once I went to a therapist and I was medicated on, uh, I, I don't mind saying this, but like mm-hmm. Lexapro, okay. I was good. No, I was good. I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. So, and now like, I don't go to the therapist and now I just meditate mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm weaned off of it. So it's, it's kind Amazing. of like yeah. free. Exactly. But, like liberating in a way. Yeah. And right. I adopted fitness into like a huge part of my life. Same. But now I don't think of it like an anxiety thing with me. Now I think of it of a tool to help others because like just as quickly as anxiety is, I think it can go if you take the correct steps in the correct form. And um, like you said, like practice good mental health and exercise habits from the people who really know. Exactly. And you just have to be, uh, hold yourself accountable because anxiety and even, even uh, shaming your body, like some people have body shaming issues Mm -hmm. and that gives them anxiety. So like, right. So many, there's so many external stimuli that can trigger anxiety in other people. And I like how you mentioned before too, like sometimes when you talk to people who are not familiar with the symptoms of anxiety, they just assume like, oh, it's like they, they kind of equate it to like how you feel before you're going to do like an oral presentation in front of your class or public speaking. They think, oh, that's anxiety. But nervousness and anxiety are actually two different categories. When you have anxiety, believe it or not, your body releases like stress hormones of cortisol and adrenaline and too much like um, really high levels of these um, uh, stress hormones in your body can actually have more side effects too, which as a result, for example, like increased levels of cortisol leads to weight gain, leads to the inability to fall asleep at night. And like you said, it's like a loophole. It's like it works in a like circular fashion. So it comes back and causes more problems and you're kind of just like in this never-ending circle of you know trying to alleviate or fix one symptom but then it causes another host of problems and then you kind of can't get out and I think you mentioned like adopting um, a healthy lifestyle is so important and believe it or not when I was listening when I listened to my uh, motivational mindset podcast the guy actually Rob Dial actually mentions one of the habits or traits of successful people is being healthy and he's like, think about it. How many millionaires or billionaires do you see out there that are overweight? Not many. And the reason is because no. they realize that a healthy body is an asset to you. Like a healthy body is an asset because it's something that will help you achieve your goals. And you should, we actually, on our generation, should be placing more importance on having a healthy body, healthy mindset, healthy nutrition, because this all works tenfold to increase um, and alleviate and strengthen your mind as well. 
so that you can better overcome these issues and these problems. Anxiety I, will never go away. Depression will never go away. But you can keep it under control. I don't know about Canada, but America has the world's most obese a rate obese rating in the entire world mm-hmm. and get most fast food and junk food so yeah like and affording like healthy products and healthy beverages and vegetarian and like you know even like healthy lean meats mm-hmm. even it's, it can it's be tougher. it can be yeah co- uh, costly for sure so and yeah so i definitely think like people who who definitely want to get healthier it the society almost in america makes it nearly impossible because you're not taught like what is healthy, what is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, just having that lifestyle change and someone telling you what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. I feel like people have that freedom to eat whatever they want, but then they indulge in like, you know, just going out all the time and eating all these like processed foods. And they, they actually, I think boost that like emotional hormone, which is cortisol, right. Mm-hmm. And stress, things like that. Yeah. I'd even, so, you know, it's about, choosing your body and i think it's kind of funny how uh uh, you know millionaires think of their body as an asset because they're like from that corporate world Mm -hmm. but it's cool to see that because you know like why would you make yourself a liability right exactly and when you realize like your body is a tool and an asset like if your body is functioning at its optimal best it can only help you achieve more of your goals if you're sluggish and lazy and overweight and you have a whole host of problems it makes it a lot difficult for you you know to go out there and like achieve your goals right so i think like it all comes down to like mind over matter too like your mindset sets the tone for your reality and what happens and what you achieve in life and i i didn't really understand the importance of this until i started getting more into motivational podcasts and kind of reading up on it and even understanding the psychology and the neuroscience behind it. Like there's a great term um, that I learned from Gestalt psychology, which is like a subsect of psychology. And it's uh, basically a German term that translates to you are worth more than the sum of your parts. So the whole version of you is worth more than the sum of your parts. And I think that's a great takeaway to understand too, that your life is shaped by bits and pieces and of, um, what your mindset like fragments as your reality right so like what it fabricates as and you need to realize that too and you when you know that and you understand that you're going to do everything in your power to make sure you're at your optimal best which is an optimally functioning body and i think that's so important like we live in a society where like you said it's very fast-paced fast food is probably the easiest and the cheapest thing to pick up but realize that a lot of successful people will say the best investment you can make is the investment in yourself right so i just kind of wanted to leave it at that like i think that's a good message for a lot of us to kind of think upon like think about and dwell upon i also like to see that like you know like you're from toronto Mm -hmm. right and the culture there do you think the culture kind of presents um any open outlets to anxiety or depression because the culture in America is a little like it's segregated by state by state. Right. So certain are people are a little bit more ruder. People are more um, open okay. and it, it kind of uh, like, you know, sets a dynamic for a lot of people. Like I, when I went down South, people were much more friendlier. People were much more willing to give me like directions people were much more willing to like provide food, shelter, like 
just be themselves, right? And in, in, in New Jersey, people almost like, I don't want to say they're it's more much... fast paced, so they don't really have yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. So go ahead. They don't have time to answer all your questions unless if it's like a like a you know meaningful question. And for me, I'm one of those people I like to take my time with things and then ask meaningful questions because mm-hmm. I'm the tone, you know, it's just like hold out. You gotta reset the exactly. tone. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think to touch base on that, and I think that's a great question, Umang. Um, so you know how they describe Canada as the melting pot of cultures and we're not divided yeah. by states, but we're divided by provinces. So, I mean, I can only speak um, on behalf of Ontario because that's where I reside. Yeah. I've visited Vancouver, but haven't stayed long enough to like, you know, fully interact with everyone and kind of garner my own impression. But I think with Toronto, what's great is that a lot of people have like finally understood the importance that we need to place on mental health. So I will say there's no shortage of resources out there to help you with anxiety, depression, or even just improving your mental health. I think there's a lot of resources available. I've come across some amazing people, friends that I've met on Instagram and in real life. Um, who prefer- You also travel a lot too, Sorry? right? Because I see, like, like, I'm looking at your page mm-hmm. right now that you love to travel. Yes. So like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming like you probably met a lot of people that share the same beliefs as exactly and I was gonna say like I know a lot of people that I met through social media who've like gone out of their way to help put me in touch with the right people the correct resources Um, so I think that's the beauty of Canadian culture and even just Ontario itself in Toronto there are so many people willing to help because so many people understand the importance of mental health and I think the one caveat of this whole pandemic is that it kind of highlighted the importance of mental health and that we kind of all need to take like, you know, 15 minute breaks to just uh, realign ourselves and like get back in tune with ourselves. Cause a lot of us in this fast paced society never made any time or never set aside any time for us. And I think the great thing about when you wake up early, just spend an extra 15 minutes, just, you know, um, meditating reviewing the day setting your intent the goals that you want to achieve it kind of puts you in a more calmer state of mind and it automatically makes you a hundred times more productive than people who just like get up wake up rush to get ready to work and start their day and are already complaining so and again like when i do travel i've come across some amazing people it's amazing to see like um the mindsets of different cultures as well i mean obviously when i go to different countries for example like italy or even like Europe, I don't really know much about like the mental health resources available there, but I know that there's, people are friendly. And I think it's just, I mean, it's hard for me to speak on that because I haven't lived there, but um, that's just my experience, I guess, at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah, because I realized like when I went to a different country, I see like people utilize the forms of being a monk. Mm -hmm. I also see people utilize the forms of praying like in their own, religion and culture and it's just so cool to see because what they believe in is so similar to mm-hmm. us but they do it in their own unique way, way exactly and culture. so it's it's just so fascinating because there's so much like if you go outside to like southeast asia people have way less than you and me like we have but they're perfectly have content they're more yeah. happier than we yeah. are we're, we're going through so much shit and like they're i'm like yo like how are they more so happy that they can crack smiles and yet they have to like lift like 60 50 pounds of like fruit and bags right. just to, like labor job and i'm like 
damn, like you know what I think what? it is too. I'm something that I've come across too. I don't want to pinpoint any specific ethnicities or cultures because, I mean, this is a concept that can kind of be um, prevalent across any caste, race, religion, etc. But it's the concept of practicing gratitude. You know, when you start shifting your mindset to practice gratitude and be happy for the things that you have, you'll find yourself complaining way less. And I think that's what, like you mentioned about, you know, seeing people there who are cracking a smile but like lifting heavy, uh, heavy weights of like fruits or bags, I think they're they've they've um, gotten in tune with themselves and kind of practice a sense of gratitude. They're happy for what they have. They're happy for having a roof over their head. They're happy for waking up every day for breathing. Um, and I think that does go a long way. Like a lot of Western culture has this lack mentality. We're always constantly focusing on what it is that we don't have. We're on always um, constantly comparing ourselves. And I want to say like comparison is truly the real thief of joy. And social media tends to accentuate this lack mentality, this comparison mentality. And I think sometimes it comes back to disengaging. So if you're following a page and you don't really resonate with that, you're in control of your Instagram. you disengage from things that don't serve any purpose to you or things that you find are toxic i think what you brought up is a very very good point and thanks thanks for sharing because i i think like uh uh, you know if you look at it like from also the western culture kind of focuses on misogyny and you know like um like in misogynistic is like again prejudice against women but there's also prejudice against males too so it's it's both sides of a coin and i think that uh you know just uh, how a woman should dress how what should a woman think how a woman should have a biological clock mm-hmm. and get married i think those are that's like a pretty uh rough um you know way to judge someone and to kind of like dictate like what they should mm-hmm. do with their lives even online like i ha- i know people that are married already at a younger age and i'm happy for them but I find myself almost like going from page to page and almost psycho comparing mm-hmm. myself. But it's kind of like, you know, when you tell people oh, I'm okay and, you know, it's like, oh, word, like, cool. Like I, I have my shit together. But at the end of the day, nobody has their shit together. Even if you're in a marriage, like you mm-hmm. cannot have your shit together. So I just think it's a lot of, um, you know, just a lot of uh, social influence and it's, Social media is great, but it's also there's a negative side to it. And that negative side is the fact that you there's like constantly that 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 hunt for the next biggest thing that we don't have. And I think attitude going back to that is like so important. Like I'm living in a great house. I have like a couple cars. I have family. No one's sick. Like I think I should show gratitude for that. And I think like as much as, you know, I'm I I am not that spiritual, but I am. You know, I believe in God. I feel like I'm turning myself to God more than right. anything recently. And, you know, I wasn't that mm-hmm. spiritual, but like now I see like, like the one thing that I'm missing is to turn to the person that created me. And obviously if he's not real or he's not, cause I, I think very openly about everything. So okay. that's the downside, but you know, um, I should still have hope that, you know, there's a purpose out there for everyone. And, you know, it, it's just something that we as people, we have to focus on uh, being open to, like stop having prejudice against women, stop having, 
you know, a, a stigma towards brown mm-hmm. men, even like, you know, of the way they hold themselves. I know a lot of uh, people like in India, uh, you know, I see them shoot mm-hmm. their shot on Clubhouse and uh, they're struggling with their, you know, their right. final response. Oh, it's it's a little difficult right. for and them. You know? I actually so. wanted to touch base too on like practicing gratitude. Um, but I was watching this documentary on happiness and it's kind of hard to explain what happiness is. We know happiness is not permanent. We know it's not constant, but it's something that I guess they best described as in the moment. Um, a lot of us are too focused. Like they said, they basically explained it in a good way. When you're anxious, it means that you're too focused on the future about what's to come. When you're worried, it means you're too focused on the past. You keep revisiting the past and what's already happened. When you're happy, you're in a state of being in the present. And I think a good thing I wanted to mention too is happiness is perpetual. Too often, we find ourselves associating happiness with the outcome of something that is about to happen. So for example, when I lose weight, I'll be happy. When I get that job, I'll be happy. When I own that sports car, I'll be happy. A lot of us fail to recognize that we never just say, hey, I'm happy to be in the present. I'm happy to be living in the moment. You know, like it's it's not often that we find ourselves or catch ourselves saying that. And I think that also comes back to going inwards and really being in tune with yourself. Like a great quote I came across was, if I asked you to name all the things that you love, how long would it take for you to say you love yourself? Most often than not. Oh, wow. Yeah. When we ask, what do you love? You'll be like, I love spaghetti. I love Italian food. I love to travel. I love these hobbies. Not a lot of people put themselves at the top of that priority list. Not a lot of people say, look, I love myself. And I think it's just kind of shifting your mindset. And I realize like, I keep coming back to this example of really like your thoughts shape your reality as as much as you want to believe it or not. It truly does. And I think um, if you're mentioning like society being misogynistic, it's it's because we're letting the thoughts of the outside world kind of really shape who we are on the inside. But when you start looking from the inwards and then having that radiate outwards, you'll notice such a huge change in your overall aura. I also think like the ugly side of it is like when it gets very extreme, you see like farmers and protests Mm -hmm, like in mm -hmm. India, things like that are like crazy to me because like, I just, I just find that like, so I feel like it's just like at one point, like people are just feeling so disrespected. They think that, you know, um, them reaching out in this way, it's good, but it's also, I think a too violent. I think you have to be a little bit more political about it because I feel like it's, it, it, it takes like, you know, a, a good leader to kind of, you know, make things more positive and more, I guess, more structured in a way. Because if you do this in a way, like the whole BLM thing, like, I feel like it was a great movement. It happened at the wrong time because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And due to that, people are still racist out there. People still. So I feel like if you have a voice, for example, um, like Martin Luther mm-hmm. King, he, he was that voice in that mm-hmm. era. Um, and he kind of changed the perspective. I think that that's much, much greater than, you know, like just always like bombarding things and breaking things. And I love BLM movement. I actually own a yeah. shirt. It's just, it's just the fact that if someone else from the exterior point of view can just see it as being violent. I understand the, the gist of it. I understand 
the support of why it happened. I totally agree. And I think the takeaway too, for like BLM and any type of protest, like um, where we can like showcase the voice of people that have not been heard is that at the end of the day, because of that like that needed to happen in order for discussions to be had and i think that's such an important thing because these were all things that were happening under the radar of course we knew about it but no one took action and i think the beauty of 2020 was that i can summarize 2020 as the year of radical change and i think it's a beautiful thing as much as we hated COVID, and as much as we still hate it there are some good things that happen like our eyes got opened to the world. Like all this time we had the wool pulled over our eyes. And I feel like even with the protests and Indian stuff, these are all forcing us to have discussions, to talk about it. Because all this time, everything was just being swept under the rug. Of course. I think um, like with anything, in, especially in India, being Indian, um, a lot of the things that people, Indian people, I realized like we're not, we don't like confrontation, mm-hmm. but when we do have confrontation, it goes zero to one. Yeah, because you have a lot to say so, because they've been silenced for so long, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of boiled bad blood, and energy, up- and anger. Exactly. So I, I think it's like, um, it's pretty. It's almost like it's almost like a defense mm-hmm. mechanism they use it as. It's come comes off the wrong way. Like I've I've seen a couple people uh, that I know like from India and like they're the nicest people but when I saw them in situations where they fail to think mm-hmm. rationally because of their anger and like well, how they've been treated mm-hmm. in the past so you know I just think it's good to show showcase that because you know it's just a lot of things that people um mm-hmm. overlook about culture right yeah so, and um, um you bring up a good point about like how um sometimes like they're they're good people but they may have acted irrationally it Uh, actually brought up a topic that I was having with Dr. K on Clubhouse yesterday. It's a term called amygdala hijacking. Not sure if you heard about it, but it's basically like the fight or flight response and how sometimes when you're put in a situation, your body's natural instinct is to either fight with the situation or flee. But sometimes it helps to just you know, step away from the situation, reassess how it's made you feel and come back with a clear head. Because sometimes if you acted upon, you know, your body's natural instinct of fight or flight, you may be, um, you know, embarrassed at like, oh, why did I react like that to that situation? Um, so I think that's like tying it back to my neuroscience background, an amazing term. And I think that's the beauty of Clubhouse too. You're always learning. I didn't know about this term before. I knew that the amygdala was responsible for fight, flight or fight, but I did not know about amygdala hijacking. And I think all in all, like the beauty of the pandemic is that we've kind of had more productive conversations with people of all backgrounds from all parts of the world. And it's altogether led to more constructive thinking. This app is definitely going to become universal. And I think you and me are catching it at the very, very early Mm -hmm. time and a good time because by the time it's in mainstream, we're going to learn so much and meet so much and love so much that i think it's gonna be one of those things that you know if you step like i've seen a lot of the moderators speak and they said basically they're giving you premium content for basically for free, yeah right? and you can take away so and, much from clubhouse whether you're talking to an expert whether you're having a meaningful meaningful conversation whether you know you're meeting somebody with like a romantic interest in mind like 
it, it really is like your it's oyster, really cool. I want to say. Literally, like it, it, it has everything. And I, like, I don't mind even saying this, but I shot my shot. I've literally been in um, rooms of like, like, you know, self, self, mm-hmm. uh, self care. I've been in rooms of Bitcoin. I've learned it all and I'm still learning and I'm taking notes like certain like in the mornings I go for like those motivational um, uh, like, you know, knowledge based like um, conversations and I take mm-hmm. notes actually. So I try to like make sure I know this stuff and I don't forget it. But then at the same time, I, you know, when it when it's nighttime, I also have those like heart to heart ghost stories, aliens, right. things like that, that make you feel a little bit more like interactive and exactly. Loose, and it's like know? finding and the the right balance of like, hard topics and like deep topics that really get you thinking trigger warnings trigger topics versus like um, rooms where you can just kind of let loose laugh a little and have fun you know I think that's what it's about like just having fun and also learning learning with fun you know like you you saw the uh, um, what do you call that world amygdala hijacking would have never learned that term unless I connected with Dr. K and funny uh, that you mentioned funny that I mentioned that sorry Um, he actually has a talk tomorrow (laughs) about this Japanese theory called kintsugi which is where you learn to embrace that your imperfections your flaws the obstacles trials and tribulations that you have gone through make you uniquely you and it's a great uh, philosophy actually if you can apply if you learn to apply that to your life as well and I kind of wanted to touch base on that if we still have time maybe perhaps towards the end of this podcast I can kind of just mention it in briefing um, but it is um, tomorrow on Clubhouse I'll I'll definitely go into tomorrow I mean if you can ping me um, when you're in the room tomorrow I'll definitely join it I'll definitely notes on it i think i think it's cool to have terms for things that we daily embrace like i know if you generalize it it's general right but if you if you uh you know pinpoint exactly what the situation is you can exactly. learn so much and i learned a lot today about the hijacking and just understanding how dr k and all these other people are feeling the same way i'm feeling and are trying to make uh, good content or trying to really uh you know provide the best for those people like you and me we're much maybe we're in a much better place now but i know we've had our fair share of battles and things like that so i think it's really it's it's a, such a great app and you know i've been i've been addicted, i can say so. i have to <laughs> like i sometimes hours. find myself spending way too much time on clubhouse but hey at the end of the day if it's productive for me and it's helping me become a better person i'm all for it and I just love that, yeah, you, oh, there's cool. honestly some great connections that you can make on Clubhouse as well. Mm-hmm. Also, I kid you not, there's people who are working and also yeah. on Clubhouse too. So it makes me feel There's people doing workouts and listening in on chat rooms, you know? So yeah. it's what you do with your time, right? Like if you feel the conversation isn't meaningful for you, like completely disengage. Like you have every right to leave and then check out another room like it's not like somebody's forcing you to stay so you are still in control of your time well there's there's people that take it the wrong way if you leave (laughs) i I usually just tell them and i leave quietly yeah but i was in a room with like 2k followers and um like this one guy like i was in a private room Mm -hmm. with him with six people and he told me he's like oh i hate it when people leave so i felt obligated to stay so i stayed for 30 minutes and i'm like okay i'm gonna leave now I hope he doesn't take it the wrong way because he's a friend of mine. But, you know, certain expectations, friends have certain yeah. perks. Like, yeah. And and he was like running the room, too. So it was okay. more pressure on me because I was like, 
I'm I right guess next I to guess him. with Clubhouse, there's He's probably the like certain etiquettes. Like I know I was in that situation too, where like sometimes it's like hard because um, like some people when they talk they start rambling. But I think it comes down to the moderator yeah. to kind of be like, look, here's your like two minute timeline. Or for example, if you have a bunch of people in the room and you're asking them to kind of explain or debrief us like what they are about, it should be like kind of like a two minute elevator pitch, like short and concise. Uh, I think that's what's most optimal for the human brain anyways, to grasp when somebody starts rambling, you kind of like mentally check out, you know? So I think it comes down to like clubhouse etiquette plus the role of the moderator in that chat room. What up? For me, what I'm trying to get good at is like, you know how mm -hmm. you said the two minute window? I'm trying to become, a, and I'm not afraid to admit this, I'm trying to become a better storyteller because that's one of the things like I feel I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm like lacking in and I really need to get a little bit better at it because there's people who can just like quickly just have like a really good punchline and they say what they right. need to and they leave. But like because like you, you like I don't want to be the guy rambling. I want right. to be the guy providing. And 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 like I for me, I'm one of those people I can ramble and I'll get to my point eventually, but it takes me much longer mm -hmm. than the normal man to get to that point because my thoughts so are scattered, I actually have right? and... a tip for you. So in order to kind of perfect sure, sure. your, you know, two minute elevator pitch to tell us what you're about, write it down. So it's actually called a mission statement. So for example, if you're an entrepreneur and say I'm owning like a popsicle business, I'd be like, hey, my name's is Minosha. Um, I'm a self startup entrepreneur. My business is, uh, I don't know, I'm a popsicle maker. And this is what I'm about, yada, 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 and ended at that. So in order to perfect your elevator pitch, write down your mission statement. It should be about two, two to five. Well, no, I'll, I won't say two, maybe about like three to five sentences. And if you just kind of have this memorized, like that's your pitch right there. And it kind of gives us and everyone around you a concise um, depiction of who you are in a nutshell. And then if they wanted further information, the rest of that information would be available on your bio on clubhouse no i and i and i and mission same was i'm actually pretty good with that i would say yeah. but thank you so much like i can talk about mission but it's for me for relating to others when it comes right. to like random stories like ghosts or something and some people can just say the most random thing like about ghosts or aliens mm -hmm. like so well and i can say it too but i i just ramble first i don't, I don't know why i do that but i'm just like oh guys uh let me tell you about a time about that. I say a little thing, but people, they're great at setting up the tone. So right. what's your advice on that? Are, are you a good storyteller? Um, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't, public? like, to be honest, like, growing up, I was always super nervous of, like, public speaking. I just felt like growing up as, like, um child to immigrant parents, I always felt, like, insecure about my English for some reason. I felt like I was pronouncing words wrong. So as a result of that, like I was super insecure about public speaking, but I think to uh, revert back to your question on Clubhouse, I think being mindful of what you say. So if you feel like you have a lot of thoughts running around, kind of just like draw it in and really think about, okay, wait, what is it that I want to talk about? And a lot of us, I find we kind of um, True. shift away That's from it. like answering the question that was asked. Like we start, we talk, we start talking on like about a different tangent. So I, I guess kind of just like, drawing back and me like, okay, wait, this is the point that I'm trying to get across. Let me kind of zone in and talk about that. I think it helps to keep it concise. But I think also with Clubhouse, it is trial and error. Like a lot of people are on this app to improve um, their public speaking skills. So I don't think you should also be hard on yourself if you feel like you're rambling. I think in due time, you'll kind of learn how to like 
you know, nip it in and make it a little bit more concise. Okay. No, that, 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 that's good too. Like, but like for me, like I would think of what you said, like, what am I talking about? But by the time I think of that, the topic of conversation is somewhere else. And I think, so yeah, like, I think the beauty of a clubhouse too also is like, while you're talking, it kind of forces you to kind of like, um, create like your next sentences as you're talking that's a skill set that I think a lot of us need to learn and think about it like when's another situation uh, or when's another um, uh, place that like or situation where you'd have to do something like this and the first thing that comes to my head is an interview it's kind of like you're put on the spot and you need to answer and I think um, clubhouse conversations sort of mimic that as well too right if somebody asks you a question you kind of have to think on the spot just like it as it was in an interview and be able to answer so i think it's like how quickly um you can think about what you want to say phrase it in your head and then execute the phrase of course of course and i think that's that's the the coolest part about clubhouse is the fact that it makes you think on the spot yeah and we'll have so many different thoughts so it's like when do you say what? But like, I have been in situations where people appreciate everything I have to say. But like you said, you can't be the one being in the spotlight at all the exactly. time. All the time. It's like a fine balance of just sharing that space with everyone in the room who, who's comfortable speaking. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I applaud those that really, um, you know, really are good at that space because I think that's such a amazing skill to have and i feel like it shouldn't be wasted especially if you're someone that can do that and not many people can uh mm-hmm. articulate that i think you should have skills to the next level i think that's that's such a great connecting and connection-based exactly. skill to have but yo uh yeah so i think we're almost done with the podcast do you want to add any more final points or final uh um, you know, statements is there anything in particular you wanted me to kind of highlight or mention or recap or kind of give like a takeaway message on sure like you have your own podcast i don't right? have my so... own podcast yet. <laughs> yeah yeah oh, okay i thought you did. or you were like you look up you you listen to i think uh, yeah a couple so podcasts, i listened right? to like um the mindset mentor by rob dial um it looks like that podcast yeah. like the earliest episodes like stem all the way back from 2015 so he's been at it for like like what, like six years now. And I think it's, it's definitely something um, worth listening to. He provides like really insightful comments. And I like how he draws upon like real world examples. So it's so totally relatable. Like I understand not everyone will understand or like comprehend like uh, psychological or neuroscience um, jargon, right? Like when you talk about reticular activating system, like not everyone will understand it, but he kind of like assimilates it to like real world examples as in like when you're vibrating on a positive frequency with you taking a tv and like you know um tuning it to like a positive channel you're only going to see positive things so that's the same thing like if i turned the tv on and i wanted to watch basketball but i'm on cnn i'm not going to be seeing basketball if i'm on the news channel right so the same takeaway is if you want to um shift your mentality to think positive and have positive things occur in your life, you need to be on that positive channel. And I think uh, just uh, highlighting back to like how I overcame like depression and anxiety, I just want to say it's a work in progress. You know, it's okay to not be okay. Um, A lot of the times we're too afraid to reach out for help. And I think taking the first step, a first step in seeking help is a huge um, progress and a huge 
um, achievement in itself. Because a lot of us are too often like too embarrassed to admit that like we're going through this and admit that we need the help. So I think with depression and anxiety, um, it's a work in progress, 100%. Um, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not saying I'm 100% at my optimal best. But once you start making little, little changes in your lifestyle and drawing back to adopting a healthy mindset, healthy uh, nutrition, healthy mentality, um, it overall does help, I think, at the end of the day. And like, if you have me on again, I'd love to talk more in depth about what it feels like to go through depression and and how I was able to kind of snap out of it. Because I mean... I feel like I really went through the worst, um, but I, I'm yeah. happy oh, I'm here I where it, I am now. No, and I think it's really interesting, and I would love to be, for you to be on the next or next few podcasts, yes, if please. anything, and we can break down together what are the life cycles of depression and how one can yes. overcome them. And to point, it's it's healthy to find anyone that's listening to the viewers. It's really healthy to find people like Manoja and other people that share that same experience that you can learn from and aside from just like your own mental mm-hmm. well-being you gotta also seek out help you should you know you know i would say like just find people that same mindset exactly. especially in different elements you know exactly Manoja and me, I, same in this you know so i think it's yeah cool. and and give like clubhouse um a chance as well like i think they are working on bringing Cl- clubhouse available to the android platform i think in march yeah um yeah, I don't know too much information besides that. But Clubhouse is a great way to meet with like-minded people, like Umang said, and also um, find like a hobby. So I actually found like what worked for me was blogging. So I turned my Instagram page Uh into a blogging page. I started posting my travel pictures. Like I like to dabble in baking. So kind of things that make you happy um, and make you live in the present moment will go such a a, such a long way to help kind of um, mitigate symptoms of depression, anxiety, imposter syndrome. So finding your need. I think that's amazing. And I think um, like, you know, people can learn more from you mm-hmm. on this podcast for sure. You can definitely so follow me on Instagram. I'd love to like help yeah. any, any way I could. Cause I realized when I was going through it, like it's kind of hard. Um, to relate yeah. to people and to kind of connect with people because you almost feel like when you're going through, you know, depression, anxiety, you almost feel like some people start distancing themselves from you because they kind of can pick up on this aura of sadness. And some people don't know what to say, the right things to say or how they can be there for you. And you kind of some feel them disappearing. Not, as much as I love to use this as a reference and shoot your shot mm-hmm. some people are not emotionally available 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. So romantically um, or when you're really going through the ringer you know like and yes. that's with friends too right like when you're um going through depression like your relationships around you change it does take a hit um and i guess like you know how some people say like you really realize who's there for you when you're going through rock bottom i can totally mm-hmm. resonate with that i feel like I just had a handful of people I can go to and like those are the people you know I want to be around me because they they do say you are an average of the people you surround yourself with and you always want to make sure you're around people who are constantly motivating you and uplifting you to be the best version of yourself you know. And 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 just to go off that point I think um you know just uh 
following you and I guess like connecting with you, it's been great because I think like, you know, if I ever need it, like uh, to reach out by anxiety, depression, like you're, you're probably going to be one of my go-to down, people. Totally down. And I'm great. I can be that person yeah. for you. Thank you so much. And you know, you love to travel, you like to blog, you're into fashion. So if you got, if you guys really, you know, want to follow her, go follow her at life.off.noja. Yeah. And how do you say your name? Minoja, it's Minoja, right? but I just shortened it down to Noja. Noja. Yeah. Thought it had a better, it resonated yeah. better. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. It's so easy. Yeah. It's off Thank the you. So, um, yeah, for sure. And I see that you're like, you know, you have a lot of vibrant posts, so I'll definitely follow you and hoping to reconnect with you. Um, I got to get on another meeting right yeah. now, but I'll talk. Sounds to you good. Thanks, Amon. Take care. Thank right. you. Have you a good too. one. Bye. Bye.